Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with the jazz group, the We Trio. I caught up with a few members of the band to discuss their 2008 origins coming out of Brooklyn, and more importantly, their thoughts and plans on their latest record, 2016's We Plus Three. They had plenty to say about their careers up to this point, what has influenced them, and what the future may just hold. So get to know these cats and their great jazz, and dig this interview, my friends. Right up front, I just got to tell you, I'm sporting my best Tom Waits voice that I can possibly pull off, which <laughs> was a big moment for me last night because I had my show. And you, typically when your voice, your vocal cords are out, you stop. But I'm like, I've waited for five years that I've done this show to sound like Tom Waits. So I'm, nice. gonna go, I'm going with the bravado and I'm going to do some impromptu poetry at the end. So that's what happened. So <laughs> up front, thank you for taking some time. I really dug We Plus Three. So... I want to talk to you about the album and kind of the beginnings of your band and what's going on with you guys. Sure. Okay. Sounds great. So what we're going to do here to start off is the new album, as I've mentioned, We Plus Three. Talk to me a little bit about what's going on with the promotion of this album and what's going on with you guys lately and, and how you feel about the album. I always like to have that perspective of when you go in the studio, what the feeling was like. Well... I'll jump right in and say this album is something we've been talking about since the beginning of the band. You know, like driving around in a car, we always talked about doing an album with guest artists. And uh, it was always a big logistical and artistic lift to get that together and figure out who we wanted to bring into the group and how we were going to do it. And especially as the group got tighter over the years, like we had such a sound as a band. So it got harder and harder to think about how we could add people in, and it became like more of a artistic, uh, artistic challenge to uh, invite someone into the group. Um, so finally getting to do it, finally deciding that we were going to do it, was really inspiring, and also just like a ton of work from a lot of levels. Like we put more into this album than we put into any record, and so we're thrilled. It was one of those things like it was so much work doing it. We, at least for me, like I almost didn't realize how well it was coming out until we actually got it back and listened to all the masters and realized how good it sounded and how good everybody sounded on it and how well the, the guest artist came. So we're really going gung-ho. We're uh, behind this record. We're doing a, t- a lot of touring around the States. We're going to be in the Northeast, California, and all through the Heartland. It's a, on the Grammy ballot. It's a Grammy-considered album in a lot of categories. And so we're thrilled to present it to the world. Beautiful. You guys all came together in Brooklyn in 2008, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, Dan and I had gone to uh, Eastern School of Music together. We had done a ton of playing, um, you know, and we were in a lot of ensembles together and uh, were roommates. You know, we were very, very close, and we played a lot of music together. So we had a really nice hookup and a and a thing together. And um, when we moved to New York, Dan had his own group, uh, the Dan Loomis Quartet, and he had a couple of great saxophonists in that, and I was in that, and we had done some touring. And uh, one day on on actually the street where we lived, uh, 23rd Street in Brooklyn, New York, we saw a mutual friend, a guitar player, who we, we asked him why he was walking down our street, and he said, oh, I just played with this fives player named James Westfall. Do you guys know him? We said no, and he said, oh, you should. He lives right across the street from you guys. Um, so... We kind of, um, I guess we, James and Dan had played a session together, and they really liked playing with each other, and um, 
James and Dan said, "Hey, let's let's start a band. I will, we let's let's do a band of all Nirvana tunes and or something like that." <laughs> and um, yeah, right. And uh, they they tell the story. It's funnier coming from Dan or James because they say, "Let's." Uh, James said, "Let's get this drummer." Blah blah blah. And Dan said, oh, well, "What about?" What about my buddy Jared? He's great. And James said, "Oh, okay. Let's we'll, we'll get him." So, um, and then we were initially going to do a quartet with the guitar player, but for the first tour, the guitar player couldn't make it. So we initially were were just a trio, even though some of the gigs we had booked for this initial tour were expecting a quartet. So we got some pickup uh, sax players in in the area, or no guitar players, but yeah, a couple sax players. So we started then. We did a great, great maybe 10-day tour throughout the Northeast and um, came back and we made our first record. And We were playing a lot of uh, Nirvana material then, but we started to develop some original music and some other covers. Um, uh, uh, Sufjan Stevens' tune became part of our early reps and I think some some jazz standards as well. You know, We See, Thelonious Monk, uh, some other uh, there is no greater love so that became part of our early rep and we continued down the line and uh and here we are eight, i think we might have we'll call it 2007 when we started okay. right is that same that seem right dan jared has the best memory of the group so i'm going to defer to well him. i know the record the record came out in 2007 so we could call oh, it well, years we we must have been together then yeah in order to release the record we must have been a band well Piggybacking off of that story here, I guess the best ironic metaphor of everything right now would be if James actually called in because he would wander in again, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> he right. would just wander yeah. down the street and get in the interview. Yeah. So let's yeah. hope for it. Keeping true <laughs> so, his character, absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> On a personal note, I just got to say my dad grew up in Brooklyn. He was born there in 43. So when I hear all these modern tales of all oh, of cool. you guys that are up in Brooklyn, I just I, I heard all the stories about how the Dodgers left Brooklyn. I mean, this was the early days when you had the Italian neighborhood, the Jewish neighborhood, the black neighborhood, the Irish neighborhood, and there was all these factions, and it was kind of like that Francis Ford Coppola moment, you know. So right, um, right. It, it's always cool to hear. But let me ask you to this. If you guys could kind of come together as a band and think about who your jazz influences are, who do you guys emulate? Who do you love? Well, I would say we have a lot of people that we love. We've gotten – further and further away from emulating people the longer we've been a band. Um, but that was kind of like the reason that we worked together as a band, I think, really well right from the beginning. Um, we had so many influences coming in, but I guess as far as jazz influences, um, I know Jared and I were both listening to a lot of, like, the Brant from Marsalis Quartet. Um, we were very influenced by Keith Jarrett. Uh, a lot of other sources... Jared, can you jump in here and say, I know you and James have a lot of, like, common influences that you guys draw. And yeah. Do you want to um, illuminate that? Well, yeah, I mean, we all are, are very influenced by, I think, the second uh, great Miles Davis quintet um, yep. with, you know, Way, with Wayne and Tony and Ron and Herbie. I think because of their openness and, and willing and want to play the same material but always play it differently every night, and we – um, consciously and unconsciously emulate that, I think, um, and with our own music. I think we're all super influenced by Train's great band um, with Elvin and Jimmy and McCoy. We also, James and I, um, really like the same 
kind of modern records um, as far as like band interplay, uh, Joshua Redmond stuff, Brad Meldow stuff. Um, we used to get compared to uh, the Bad Plus a lot early on, um, just because we were also a trio doing rock covers in you know interesting ways. Um, we've received some a lot of praise, uh, praising our improvising in, in comparison to them. But we also really do dig the Bad Plus and what they do. But we never wanted to sound like them. I'll say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, why do you guys love jazz? I was going to say, like Jerry was saying, because we get to play it differently every night. You know, it's like we love playing together, and, like, the reason we love playing together the most is because we can approach it in a new way every single night. And then I would say also because of, like, there's a particular, like, deep groove to jazz. You know, like, even, it's like we all play a lot of pop music and a lot of other kinds of music, and you feel like a, a, an amazing groove from a lot of other kinds of music. Agreed. We all, I think we all enjoy playing other styles of music as well. Um, but when I think for us, when you find the right combination of people playing jazz together, nothing tops that because you're able to bring all the ele- great elements of other music, whether it be groove or time or form, but also improvise and take chances that you not necessarily can't take doing a pop gig or doing an R&B gig or whatever. Let me ask you this. You know, you guys have been on the road. You guys have played a long time for years and years. Is there a story on the road that you guys kind of, that's safe for radio, that you guys retell because it's so good? Uh, there are stories that, that aren't safe for radio. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'd go for when we got radio here. Uh, well, Dan, do you want to tell the Capital Diner, Diner story? Yeah, one we like to tell is um, one of our first gigs, was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. There used to be a jazz club there called 405 Jazz. And uh, so we had like, I think we had two nights at 405 Jazz. Uh, and we stayed at this really like rickety motel on the outside of town. And Harrisburg, as many people don't know, but many people do, is the capital of Pennsylvania. So there's a diner called uh, Capital Diner. And uh, so in, you went into the Capital Diner and they had paper placemats on the back of which was a map of the United States with all the capitals left blank. And so you like while you're waiting for your eggs, uh, you try and fill in all the capitals. And so in retrospect, it's kind of even more amazing because it was like the last moment in time where that could be a difficult thing to do. You know, like now we just be like, <laughs> oh, just ask Siri what the capital of Maine is. And, yeah. But like, you know, that, that, that wasn't quite a thing yet. You know, it was 2007. So we were like trying to remember all the capitals. We're debating. We're phoning a friend, you know, we're like asking the waitress. And uh, I think by like the time we'd really filled in all 50 capitals, we had um, formed bonds as a band that could not be broken. And uh, yeah. we've been together since. Right on. That's a great story. That is a great yeah. story. <laughs> so it is amazing. I mean, how many people just don't know anymore and you have to ask Google and you have to figure it right. out, you know, through a yeah. search engine. But yeah. let me let me ask you this: from all the tales on the road and all the fans you played for, what's one of the nicest things you've been said that's been said to you by a fan? Wow! You remember wow. Jared? You remember uh, any exceptionally nice things? Um, I remember a couple. I remember there was this one woman at the Rochester Jazz Festival who I don't know. It's just something like like we changed her life. Her music, our music was so you know inspiring or you know, put her in such a deep trance that it changed her life. I remember that. We've gotten that a couple times. 
Wow. Very cool. Yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah. Yeah. That's good. So let me ask you this. You guys are on a bill. You guys are you guys are on a tour right now. If someone picks up a local newspaper in their local town and they come across your name, if you could have that clarity, that Siri voice to whisper to them who you are and what you guys are all about in some kind of abbreviated tweet, how would you describe your band? Oh, the elevator pitch. That's yeah. the big one. The PR miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Let me call our PR guy, and we'll get right back <laughs> on that. No. All right. <laughs> this is when James calls in and has the answer. I know. Yeah, hopefully. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, to be honest, like, this is what we all dread as artists is have to, like, reduce it down. But I will say that um, if people are wondering about the band, I would say it's all the best of modern music, but done in an improvised jazz context, which means that when you come to see us, um, you have the most to gain. Like when we're improvising, we have the most to lose and the most to gain, right? Because um, we could have the best night and and find something completely new, or you could hear all the amazing songs just like you heard them on the album. Um, so it's like it's and also we're all bringing the influences we all grew up with, like from music in the '90s and 2000s. Um, to this music. So you hear all that and you hear like really brave, authentic American improvised jazz. Um, so that was not an elevator pitch, but you know, I'm working on it and that's yeah, a little closer <laughs> to the it's length good. that we're going for. Perfect. Very good. Hey guys, thank you for opening up, giving me kind of a portal into your music and I'm most definitely going to play some tracks off your album. So Thanks for your time. Thanks for opening up. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Joe. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to the Wee Trio for their time, their history, and all that music. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or on YouTube. Visit neon jazz and you can always get everything neon jazz at the neonjazz.blogspot.com until next time enjoy the music my friends Neon Jazz.